Good evening, good evening, good evening, everybody, and uh, welcome again to another edition of Catholic Reflections, where we talk about the Mass readings and we apply them to our daily lives. Uh, First of all, I'd like to apologize for not being on as much as I'd like to. I've gotten into this thing. I guess you guys have heard of it called Pokemon Go. It's an app based off of the card game, Pokemon, and it's really neat. You have to go to, like, all these, you gotta try and catch all the Pokemon and the Pokestops and gyms and such. So, yeah, that's what I've been into. My husband, Gary, got me into it, and uh, it's uh, pretty freaking sweet. So, that's what I've been doing. But anyways, let's get to why we are here. We're here to do the mass readings. So, let's go ahead and begin. We're doing the mass readings for the 7th. Even though it's not the 7th yet. So, Memorial of St. Ambrose, Bishop and Doctor of the Church. Here's your first reading from Isaiah. Thus says the Lord God, But in a very little while, and Lebanon shall be changed into an orchard, and the orchard shall be regarded as a forest. On that day the deaf shall hear the words of a book, and out of gloom and darkness the eyes of the blind shall see. The lowly will ever find joy in the Lord, and the poor rejoice as the Holy One as the Holy One of Israel. For the tyrant will be no more, and the arrogant will have gone. All who do all who are alert to do evil will be cut off. Those whose mere words condemn a man, who ensnare his defender at the gate, and leave the just man with an empty claim. Therefore thus says the Lord, the God of the house of Jacob, who redeemed Abraham. Now Jacob shall have nothing to be ashamed of, nor shall his face grow pale. When his children see the work of my hands in his midst, they shall keep my name holy. They shall reverence the Holy One of Jacob and be in awe of the God of Israel. Those who err in spirit shall acquire understanding, and those who find fault will shall instruct instruction. Sponsorial Psalm today. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my life's refuge. Of whom should I be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. One thing I ask of the Lord, this I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I may gaze on the loveliness of the Lord and and contemplate his temple. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I believe that I shall see the bounty of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord with courage. Be stout-hearted and wait for the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Alleluia, alleluia, behold, our Lord shall come with power. He will enlighten the eyes of his servants. Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus passed by, two blind men followed him, crying out, Son of David, have pity on us. When he entered the house, the blind men approached him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I can do this? Yes, Lord, they said to him. Then he touched their eyes and said, Let it be done for you according to your faith. And their eyes were opened. Jesus warned them sternly, See that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread word of him through all that land. So I guess you can kind of see where this is going. This idea of enlightenment, of, of seeing clearly... Well, we talk about being in the season of Advent, and we talk about that waiting, the the expectation of, of waiting on the Lord. And I know we've talked about it before, but I have to bring it up again, because Advent is such 
a crucial time for us in the church because not only are we waiting on the birth of Christ, but we're waiting his second coming. So it's twofold, really. It's twofold that we are A, waiting on the coming of the Lord in his birth, but we're waiting on his return to earth. And we shall all see clearly. Because right now, we have a glimpse of what heaven's going to be like. It's kind of like there's a veil over our eyes hiding the, the, the real, the clearness. Like, for example, have you ever been in, like, looking at a mirror, a foggy mirror, and you clean it, but there's still some fog left? That's what our vision is like when it comes to God and his kingdom, is we can clean the mirror that we can see, but there's just a little bit, there's just some fog left on the mirror that, that's, that's hiding the, tr- the reality from us. We have a foretaste of it, but the reality isn't quite there for us yet to grasp because we can't do it with our reason. Now, I want to focus on the idea of waiting. And I, again, I've talked about this before, but with it being Advent, it's so much more poignant to discuss the idea of waiting. Because we get so caught up we get so caught up in in christmas and we get so caught up in buying things for people and and that's not what i want to talk about what i want to talk about today is slowing down and waiting on the lord the lord is my light and my salvation the responsorial psalm says I believe that I shall see the bounty of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord with courage. Be stout-hearted and wait for the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. How many times does the psalmist say to us, Wait for the Lord. Multiple times. Because we're in this season of waiting. One thing I ask the Lord, that I seek to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I may gaze on the loveliness of the Lord and contemplate his temple. That is what we want as Christians, because we're on this journey. And we know where we want to go. We know where we want to be. And we we strive for heaven. We strive for what's called the beatific vision. And the beatific vision, if you're not familiar with it, is to see God as he is. The beatific vision is to see God as he is. I, dis- I will discuss this more in my Through the Catechism series, if you're, if you're, if you're uh, following that. But the idea here is to see God as he is. That's what, we, that's what our hearts long for, that beatific vision. And, again... Sorry about that, guys. I don't know what the heck happened there. But anyway, I'm talking about waiting. I'm talking about waiting on God, waiting on the Lord. And we wait with this eagerness that we know that can't be fulfilled down here. We ever got so caught up in the world that we forget where our real home is? That we forget who our real Heavenly Father is? Because 
it's, it happens all too often. We get so caught up in what the world tells us. The world tells us to do this. Or the world tells us to do that or some other thing. And we lose sight of the idea that we are on a pilgrimage of waiting on the Lord. We are a pilgrim people. And we, it's almost like a hurry up and wait type of thing. If you think about waiting on the Lord, if you think about what that entails for your life. And not only is Advent a good time to discuss waiting on the Lord, but also Advent is also a good time to talk about repentance and putting God first. Because Advent begins the new liturgical year in the church. So have you made a resolution this new liturgical year to put more focus on God this year? Have you put a resolution down to make God more the center of your life? That's another good reason that Advent is so crucial. It's a time for us to redirect, as it were, our focus on God and to really put him first and center in our lives because that's where he belongs. He does so much for us. He does so much for us. And all we can do is is, is cast him aside like we, we so often want to. So I ask you this question, my dear friends, as I, I, I simply finish tonight. I simply ask you, where in your life do you feel like that you've gone wrong in your relationship with God? This new liturgical year, I suggest that you really look deep into your spiritual life and, and not just coat the surface. Don't don't sugarcoat it. You got to go muscle deep. Because if there's something going on with your relationship with God, he wants to remedy that with you. But it requires you to notice because he's always there. He's always there looking out for you, wanting you, pursuing you. But if you don't see where the issue may be, it's like he's knocking on a door that's never going to open. And while he loves you, and while he cares about you, if you've made the decision to cast him aside, he will respect your decision. So this Advent, I highly suggest that you all take time. And this liturgical year, take time to reevaluate, repivot your relationships, especially with God and the church. This Advent, I think we need to have a, a, a refocusing on what's important in our, in our Catholic lives. Because God transcends everything. And so if we've casted him to the side, like we so often want to, we lose focus of our identity, of our Catholic or our Christian identity. And we don't want to do that. We do not want to do that. So I suggest to you all as I close this evening to take some time in the quiet and just listen. Don't say anything to God. Just put him before your presence. Just put yourself in his presence and listen. You will be surprised at what he has to say to you. 
as always, there's three different ways to reach me. First of all, here on the Anchor app, if you haven't, leave me a voice message. I'd love to hear from you. Second, I have a new email. It is c.baldwin1516 at gmail.com. Again, that's c.baldwin, my last name, 1516 at gmail.com. That is my my new email. You can reach me at c.sobey2394 at yahoo.com if you like. But I also have the Gmail account if you would like to reach me on there as well. And as always, my Facebook page, Catholic Reflections, what the mass readings mean for us today. I'd love to to hear from you guys. It seems like I'm getting some feedback and some more likes. Uh, Sorry if I haven't posted. Like I said, things have been a little crazy. Uh, Things just been a little hectic around here trying to get things done. So as always, thank you guys for listening. God bless you and good night.